Hi, and welcome to Take Heart. Our mission here at Take Heart is to offer encouragement, give hope and insight so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom. Today is our last episode in our summer interview series, and this is also our last episode of our second season. We want to take a moment to thank all of you, all of our listeners and supporters. You are very much appreciated. We are taking this next month of August off, so please join us again on Tuesday, September 6th for our first episode of Season 3. Hi, it's Sarah, and I am thrilled to share our final guest in our summer interview series. We are so glad you're here. Our final guest is a special needs dad and ministry leader. Not only that, he understands what it is like to have special medical needs himself, which vastly impacted his life. Our guest speaker today is Stephen Doc Hunsley. Doc is the executive director and founder of SOAR Special Needs in Lenexa, Kansas. SOAR stands for Special Opportunities, Abilities, and Relationships. SOAR serves over 1,000 individuals with disabilities through regular respite events and special needs day camps. DOC is currently assisting over 400 churches locally, nationally, and globally in starting a disability ministry. DOC also organizes the Wonderfully Made Conference held annually every October in Kansas City. Doc is a retired pediatrician while his wife, Kay, continues practicing pediatrics. They are proud parents to three beautiful children, Luke, Mark, and Sarah. The Hunsley's middle child, Mark, is presently running the halls of heaven. During Mark's five-year earthly stay, he gave his family the opportunity to learn from and love a child with autism. You can follow SOAR on Facebook or connect with Doc on Twitter at Doc Hunsley and SOARSSpecialNeeds.org. Thanks, Doc. We are so glad that you are here with us, and we are just going to get started. I know your story, but I know some of our listeners might not. So if you will just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your journey on the special needs um, life and the disability and the work that you're doing. Absolutely. First, Sarah, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here with you and and, uh, love having gotten to know you and, and work with you and your family. Uh, and the other ladies the, the past several years. Um, so yes, um, my, my story is kind of a, an interesting journey. Um, uh, lots of ups and downs. Uh, first off, let me start with my name. Um, my, you know, everyone knows me now as Doc Hensley, um, but Doc's not my real name. Uh, you know, my, my parents aren't odd. You know, my brother's not dopey uh, or sleepy, uh, but uh, everyone, Doc is a nickname. My real name's Stephen. 
and the Doxa nickname because I'm actually a pediatrician. Um, I was a pediatric ER doctor, and uh, that was my lifelong dream. That's all I ever wanted to do since I was in first grade. And then I was 46 days into my dream job when I got sick taking care of my patients, and I almost died. In fact, I should have died. Uh, three different times, doctors told my wife to make plans because I wouldn't make it through the night. If you take all take the top four diagnoses that I had when I was in that hospitalization, the top four, each one by itself had a 0.01 survival rate. Mm. So none of the doctors expected me to live. Um, I should not have lived, uh, but it was God having his hand on me, um, allowing me to live. Uh, I was so sick in that hospitalization, they forgot to give me nutrition uh, with mm. it. As a result, I lost 75 pounds of muscle mass and had to go through nine months of rehab to be able to walk again and just be able to function. I had, you know, growing up playing sports all my life. Uh, and then I was also in the Air Force. So I was I was in decent shape. But all of a sudden, after that hospitalization, I couldn't even walk up a flight of stairs to our bedroom uh, without almost passing out because I could barely breathe. So made it through my rehab and then finally made it back to work, you know, nine, 10 months later, where uh, I had my flu shot. Despite having my flu shot, my first week back to work, I ended up with influenza. And that put me back into the intensive care unit, where once again, I almost died. And uh, it was then determined at that point, I'm the only known person in the world where the main muscle that, that allows you to breathe is called the diaphragm. It goes across your abdomen. And half of mine is paralyzed. It happened during that first hospitalization. Nobody knows why or how, but it, it happened. Um, and if it was completely paralyzed, I'd be dead. It's paralyzed on the right. If I had abnormal lungs like asthma or uh, anything like that, I'd be dead. My dad and brother both have severe asthma. So once again, God had his hand on me with that. Quick anatomy lesson for everyone. On the right side of your, your lungs, you got three lobes of lung. On the left, you only have two lobes of lung because the heart sits there. And the left is the only side that works for me. So in essence, I only have 40% lung function because only 40% of my lobes work. So that's why I'm always short of breath, walking upstairs and doing anything. I have zero exercise tolerance now, but I can recover fairly quickly because my lungs are, are healthy. Um, COVID is a, a major fear um, and, mm -hmm. a, and a major concern uh, for me because that could kill me. And I even I even got COVID a year, year and a half ago. But God, once again, had his hand on me through that. Um, you know, it's a year and a half later and I'm still having problems smelling. Um, don't have all my smell back yet. So, it, you know, I, I don't do anything normal. Um, <laughs> but when I came out of that second hospitalization, um, shortly after that, uh, my second son, Mark, was born. I'm blessed uh, with an amazing wife, Kay. Uh, we're, we're coming up on our 27th wedding anniversary and this year. And uh, we have three children now. Um, but at the time, uh, my second son, Mark, was born. We have two boys and a girl. And uh, I took a week off of pater for paternity leave to be home with Mark after uh, Kay gave birth. And then I went back to work. And my first day back to work, 
I got a call from my boss and I had started doing some administrative work at the hospital. Mm-hmm. I was realizing I may not be able to be right around patient care all the time, but I could do more administrative things. Well, I got a call from my immediate boss and said I had to go to an important meeting at the main hospital. So went down to this meeting. He didn't know what it was about. Just told me to get there as quick as I could and walked in and there was every one of my bosses from immediate boss to the chief of staff, Mm. uh, the entire HR department, two rows of attorneys I never met in my life, one row of physicians I never met in my life, and one chair facing the entire room. And they said, Dr. Hunsley, have a seat and we'll start the meeting. I'm like, oh, snap. (laughs) I see writing on the wall here. And they proceeded to tell me that I had been a wonderful physician uh, for the hospital. They had great plans for me. However, I became a medical legal risk to the hospital. And they weren't going to terminate my job. Instead, they terminated my career. Mm -hmm. And just like that, in a snap, my career was terminated. And they determined that I was disabled from my own occupation. And I could no longer practice medicine. I had to permanently hang up my stethoscope. And immediately I, you know, I had to collect my belongings and turn in my ID badge and was escorted out of the hospital. And I couldn't change specialties. I couldn't try anything else. It, it was done. I tried every effort I could to do something else. And it, that was it. I couldn't mm-hmm. do anything else. So I then took the hardest job I've ever had in my life. <laughs> um, and that was become Mr. Mom for at the time, my two boys. So um, especially for any of our moms who are listening um, today, uh, my hat, I tip my hat to all of you. That That is uh, an incredibly difficult job and one that uh, doesn't get the recognition it deserves. Amen. And so I was honored to be able to take care of my two boys. Um, but when Mark was eight months old, he had his first seizure. And that seizure lasted over four hours. And then fast forward, by the time he was 18 months, we got the diagnosis of Dravet syndrome, a very rare genetic seizure disorder. And then by the time he was two, got the diagnosis of autism. And so we went from being, uh, I went, and my wife's a pediatrician as well. Uh, So we went from being physicians who, took care of a lot of kids with special needs to now all of a sudden being a parent of a child with special needs. And really it was the first time in our life that our eyes were opened and we got it. We understood what it meant to be a parent. You know, it's 24, seven, 365. You never get a break. The stress is sky high. Um, You can't go out whenever you want. And even when you do go out, you get the stares, you get the snickers, you get the jeers. You know, I can't tell you the number of times that I've been out with my son and he's having an autistic meltdown. And I would have complete strangers come up to me and tell me I'm not just a bad parent, but I'm a horrible parent um, because they think my son is just bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Because especially with autism, the face of autism frequently is that of a neurotypical child. And so they can't tell and they just assume it's poor parenting. Um, or he's harming himself uh, and I have to protect him and put him in protective holds where he doesn't hurt himself. And then next thing I know, I have police officers coming up to me and threatening to arrest me or threatening to tase me because they think I'm endangering my son. Um, And it's just lack of education, lack Mm -hmm. of knowledge. It's flat out ignorance by the general population. 
Um, and that really opened my eyes to a lot. Um, and, and, you know, I, we need to do more in teaching. And what I say all the time now, if anybody today, um, because, you know, autism right now is one out of every 44 births. Um, so if, if you see a child with elementary age who's misbehaving out in public with parents, please don't think that is a child misbehaving. That is a child with autism who may be having a problem with transitioning or something. Mm-hmm. And so don't give judgment on those parents um, that it's poor parenting. Instead, why don't you go up to the parents and say, hey, is there anything I can do to help? Um, I can't tell you, I don't ever remember a time that I've had someone come up and ask me if they could help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Maybe they can't, but I would sure rather have someone ask me to help than tell me that I'm a horrible parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope that's something someone can take away here. Um, so fast forward a little bit more when when Mark was about three, uh, the church we attended uh, contacted me about becoming their children's pastor. I'm like, children's pastor? I'm a doctor. I, I, I never went to seminary. I'm not a pastor. But I've, I've always had a heart for kids, and I've worked in ministry all my life, and I was working in the children's ministry then, and prayed about it, and God made it very clear that needed to become the children's pastor. I had you know, about three or four major hurdles that I was dealing with for previous three years, prayed about it. And literally within 72 hours, God removed all three or four of those hurdles. I'm like, okay, God, I hear you. I guess I'm going to be a children's pastor (laughs) and became a children's pastor, um, grew the ministry from about a hundred kids to a thousand kids over, you know, several year period of time. And, uh, after about a year or so being in that position, I went to the senior pastor Obviously, having a son with special needs and then also uh, having other kids with disabilities in in the children's ministry. Went to the senior pastor and I said, hey, you know what? I would love to start a special needs ministry Um, because I had learned already as a parent how difficult it is to be able to go to church with a child with special needs and find the, the care and support that you need for them. And shared shared my heart with the pastor, and he his immediate reply to me was, uh, "No, doc, I don't want those kind of people here." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Time out! I'm those people." And he goes, "Oh, no, doc, we love you, we love your family. Mm-hmm. I just don't want those people." And really, what he was saying is, families with disabilities don't have a lot of money, and therefore they won't tithe. Mm-hmm. So I don't want them to come. And it is just a another way of discriminating. And that really opened my eyes to the church and what is happening in the church. And in fact, today, only 11% of evangelical churches in the United States welcome families with disabilities into their church and have actual programming for them. And that, yes, I said 11%. That means 89% of churches today have that same attitude and they'll actually tell families they're not welcome. Mm-hmm. And they have to leave the church. So um, we had to agree to disagree. Um, and about a year later, I got called back into the office because we had about three adults with disabilities who became very vocal during the worship service and uh, ended up, was told to get rid of them so that they wouldn't be distracted anymore. 
So I didn't argue. I didn't say anything. I said, I'd be happy to. And instead, I started an adult Sunday school class for adults with disabilities and then started a small respite for those adults and their families because I saw how much those families needed it. And I knew how much the families needed it. Mm-hmm. ourselves being a parent, knowing even though we had family who supported us, our family got to the point where they weren't comfortable taking care of our, our son anymore and just couldn't do it. So our, our family was desperate for breaks, um, but nobody ever offers to do it. And you can't just get the neighbor girl to come in. Mm-hmm. And so did that. And then now uh, 11, about 11 and a half years ago, uh, my son, Mark, was cured of everything, cured of the Dervais syndrome and cured of the autism when he was born into heaven at the age of five and a half. So we were blessed with him for five and a half years, learned all the highs and lows of being a parent of a child with a disability, and then walked through the grief of losing a child with a disability. Um, Six weeks after he passed away, my intestine exploded on me, and I almost died again. Um, And, you know, I I joke all the time, I feel like a cat. I'm on, had so many near-death experiences, and I hate cats. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's, it's just the joke God has with me. Um, and, uh, you know, but God definitely has more in, in, entailed for me. Mm-hmm. And so it was during my time of recovery um, and going through grief as well that God made it clear it was time for us to leave that church. And uh, so ended up leaving the church. I didn't know where to go um, and just prayed about it. And, and I felt God saying Grace Church. I'm like, Grace what church? What's that middle name? <laughs> Um, and I, I ended up just putting into Google Grace Church and found out there is a Grace Church not too far from where we were and went and visited. And we, we went through a lot of hurt and we, we had a lot of um, attacks on our family from the church after we left. And, mm-hmm. and we, we really, uh, a lot of personal hurt. And so we needed a time of healing just for going through um, losing our son for me, basically losing my second career. I, you know, I, I knew God told me to give up being a children's pastor, and I loved that. I truly thought I'd never have another opportunity like that again. And so I, w- I was grieving that as well. And then we went to Grace Church. And after several months, we realized that truly was where God wanted us to go. And I met with the children's pastor and told him in order for me to heal emotionally, physically, and spiritually, I need to serve others. Um, And it's always better when I can get my mind off myself and onto other people, I do better. And five minutes after that, I got a phone call from him and our senior pastor. And they said, Doc, you know, we've wanted to have a world-class children's ministry for years, but we're unable to do that unless we do a special needs ministry. Now, I never said a single thing to them ever about special needs. And they said, Doc, we, we've been praying for years to have a special needs ministry, but no one's ever been able to do it. We, we kind of know all about you. We stalked you socially. We've heard about you. We believe God brought you to us to start a special needs ministry. Would you do that? Mm. I told him, I really have no clue what I'm doing, but I'd love to try. And so September of 2000. And 11 was the start of SOAR Special Needs. SOAR started as a ministry in Grace Church. And SOAR stands for Special Opportunities, Abilities, and Relationships. 
And we started with just what we knew we had at that church at that time. The church was about 1,200 people, and we knew we had three individuals with disabilities. And we started serving them and met their needs. And I quickly joined the staff as their uh, special needs disability pastor. I did all of that as a volunteer. I was a children's pastor at the other church as a 100% volunteer. And I, over the next eight years, I grew that ministry from serving three individuals to serving over 800 individuals with disabilities in the church. Uh, grew up from one campus to four campuses, including the online campus, and really saw God bless it. Um, we started doing camps and respite events in the National Wonderfully Made Disability Ministry Conference. And then two years ago, the, the church came to me and said, Doc, we know what your plans, your visions are that God's given you. We're afraid if you stay at Grace Church, you're never going to be able to reach those goals that God's laid on your heart. So we want to bless you. We want to send you out and help SOAR become an independent nonprofit. So December of 2019, just in time for COVID, mm-hmm. an independent nonprofit. Um, and SOAR now exists to transform the lives of special families, and we empower them to SOAR in their local and faith communities. And SOAR helps answer the three main questions that every family with an individual with disability has. The first question is, will my child ever be able to take care of them? Will will ever be able to provide for themselves? The second question is, who's going to take care of my child once I'm gone? And the third question is, who's going to be able to take care of me as a parent or a caregiver? You know, Sarah, those were the three questions that kept me up at night while my son was alive. But I was too scared to ask those questions out loud. And I never talked about them with my wife. And it wasn't until after Mark passed away that I found out they were my wife's questions too. And now with SOAR, as every parent I talk to, those are really their three big questions. Um, but they've been taboo. No one wants to talk about them because they don't know the answers or they're fearful of the answers. So SOAR, we, we embrace them and we're happy to, to be working on that and, and get, get things going. And so uh, we, we do a lot of different things. One, uh, we're, we're based in the greater Kansas City area. But we, we serve the entire country and we serve globally as well. Um, right now, we provide respite on a monthly basis. And we call it sorely needed r and uh, Because as we all know as parents, it is sorely needed. Mm-hmm. So on a monthly basis, we rotate through the greater Kansas City area. And on a Friday and or Saturday, we give parents two to three hours off completely free um, where we take care of the individual with disability. Currently, we take care of all ages, all diagnoses, all severities. We won't turn anyone away um, in anything that we do. Um, we also, in our ages right now, currently we're serving our youngest as birth, and our oldest right now is 73 years old. And I can't wait until we have a 90-year-old um, someday. But uh, we, we also take care of the siblings because siblings don't have a normal life. Um, and the, the why is respite so important? The divorce rate for families with disabilities is sky high. It's estimated to be around 90%. If you add a medical diagnosis like seizures or, mm-hmm. or diabetes, it jumps to 95%. 
And so we want to be able to help them out. We provide a full medical team, a full behavior team, and then we have volunteers to help with everything. And we always say we only have one requirement for someone to be able to serve and volunteer with us. It's a simple question. Can you be a friend? Because if you can be a friend, we can teach you everything else. You don't need to know how to work with an individual with disability. There's no need to be afraid of them. Every individual with disability is fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. They're creating the image and likeness of God, and they have so much love to give. Um, and, you know, it's it, they truly are a blessing. And, and we, I want everyone to experience that blessing just by serving and, and working with them. Yeah. Then we also host, uh, on a monthly basis, virtual respites for an hour over Zoom. And we have people from all over the country and actually globally. A few months back, we had uh, an individual from Romania join us uh, for that. So it, it's fun. We're uh, usually on a Tuesday night uh, from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll be on virtually over Zoom. And it's completely free. And it's fun. We'll do interactive games. It's fine if you're nonverbal. We're able to still interact with you there on that um, and all kinds of things. You know, we've done an amusement park ride before where we've actually done videos and you feel like you're riding the roller coaster. And some of these kids, that was the first time they've ever even experienced anything like that. So we love just trying to think outside the box and, yeah. and work with that. And we're giving community to these individuals and helping them create friendships. And we got a couple who have formed great friendships, but they live 2000 miles apart and they can't wait to see each other on Zoom. In fact, I've heard now that they've kind of set up their own Zoom times um, every other week or so, so they can see each other more frequently. And then in the summer, we do summer camps, eight hours a day for five days. Um, we do our own theme for it, right? Our own, own curriculum. This year it's soaring for the sun and uh, we're doing three camps in the greater Kansas City area and uh, always looking for, for help and things there with that. Then we also firmly believe, I've already touched on the churches, but we firmly believe every family with an individual with a disability should be able to go to a place of faith that they're choosing. And like I said, only 11% of churches welcome families and that's not acceptable. We've got to change that. So SOAR has set a goal to assist 1,000 churches in the next five years in developing a disability ministry at their church and welcoming families and showing the church how to welcome them and integrate them into the church. And to date, we've now assisted over 400 churches throughout the United States in 12 countries around the world. And so we're awesome. on our way. We're very happy and very uh, proud of that, but we still have a long ways to go. Yeah. So I'd say if anyone's listening here and you're, you're wishing your church would do more, just contact us at SOAR, soarspecialneeds.org, and it's completely free. We'll do a free consultation with the church and all kinds of things we can do to come alongside. And we'll even take churches who are already doing something and help them take that to the next level. Yeah. And I can, I can, I can personally vouch for that too, because I know with our church, um, yeah. we were firmly planted myself and Leslie, you met with both of us, um, mm -hmm. and walked us through it. And it took the, 
the fear away and the unknown away. We were like, you know, our, our staff didn't know about the legality of it or what documents we had no idea. We knew how to be special needs parents, but we're like, can we really do this? Um, and if anybody's listening and it's like, I know our church would accept it, but we can't find anybody to do it. I would highly encourage you to start it. Um, Leslie and I joke all the time that the great, the, the best thing and the worst thing about having special needs parents run a ministry is that you have special needs parents run a ministry. It's great. It is, it is exhausting, but once you start it, people are going to just gravitate to it. And you set us up for success to where we could hit the ground running. We didn't have to worry about all the documents and all of the unknowns you thought us, you thought that through. So I would, I would highly recommend, and we'll have all of your, um, all of your contact information in our show notes. Um, so you guys just go there and you can reach out to Doc or you can email us and we'll put you in touch with Doc and Elizabeth as well. Um, I, I've also been to your Wonderfully Made conference and I probably cut you off on that, but I would love for you to talk about the Wonderfully Made conference. It is, It was the first, one of the first things I ever attended as a special needs, quote unquote, minister or volunteer or special needs ministry leader and it, it really was a game changer for me. So I would love to, for you to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. So our Wonderfully Made Disability Conference, it's actually the largest disability conference in the country. Um, and for us, we have two tracks, one track geared towards families, um, and then a second track geared towards disability ministry leaders, volunteers, and then organizations working with individuals with disabilities and special needs. Um, it's gonna be a three-day conference this year. We're very excited. We are getting back in person finally after COVID. Yay. We've last two years have had to be virtual due to COVID, but this year we will be back in person. So we're very, very happy with that. Our conference will be October the 26th through October the 28th um, in Kansas City. And, you know, we've got some of the top speakers literally from all over the world that will be joining us for it. Um, and we've got attendees from all over the world. We're hoping to have about 400 attendees this year. October is Disability Awareness Month. So it's a great time. That conference again is the October 26th through the 28th. That's a Wednesday through Friday. We're going to have uh, also some special evening activities. We'll have one geared towards parents so you can meet with other parents. We'll have one for ministry leaders where you can meet with other ministry leaders. And then we're going to try something new. As you know, SOAR is a nonprofit. We're going to do our first fundraiser, hopefully, where the day before the conference, we're going to do a golf tournament. So if anyone is a golfer out there and interested in that, you can come out and be part of the golf tournament. Um, but then also pre-conference the two days before, um, I'm also a national certified instructor for CPI, Nonviolent Crisis Intervention Training, which is really good for any church, um, their leadership mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And we're going to have that available as well that we'll be training uh, there. That'll be an additional part with that. Um, but our whole thing with, with uh, the conference is that we want you to know that, you know, you have strength for today and hope for tomorrow. And that's what it's all about. And as a parent, we want to fill your tool belt with things that you need to know about being a parent. 
Um, so, you know, just some of the ideas that we've got will be, you know, how to fight and be an advocate for your child at school with IEPs, preparing special needs trusts and, and the mm -hmm. ABLE Acts. Um, here, here's a big one. Again, we're willing to tackle the taboo, how to prepare to grieve for your child. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of us have kids who, who we know they've got a fatal diagnosis. Um, well, we need to prepare for that day to come and we can't just stick our head in the sand. That's not going to come. So we've, we've got a parent who, who she's got a, a son who had Duchenne's muscular dystrophy and, and autism. And he passed away a little over a year ago and she's now become a death doula. Um, and walks through um, hospice and everything with, with families. And she's going to share a lot of the things that she's learned. Um, and, and that's going to be, I'm really excited to hear, hear that. Um, and many, many more. On ministry side, we'll, we'll have things on how to start a ministry to take, you know, take what you have and improve it. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm working on a new talk myself. Um, Naked, vomiting, and afraid. Everything you need to know to run a ministry. Um, because those are all things I've seen running a disability ministry. You know, what do you do when you've got a child who starts running around naked? What do you do when they're vomiting? What do you do when they're afraid? Well, we need to talk through that. So it'll kind of be uh, you know, one for our veteran uh, ministry it. leaders to talk through that. Um, so, you know, kind of taking the naked vomiting afraid, um, have a little bit of fun. If you can't tell with me, I, I like to, you know, have puns and, and go with mm -hmm. things. The other thing I'm super excited about, Sarah, you know, nowhere in the Bible does it say only those with an IQ over 70 should go into all the world and share the gospel. It flat out says all. Mm -hmm. I don't know why we put disclaimers on things in the Bible, but we do. And I love that there are organizations all over the world who do missions trips to go serve individuals and families with disabilities all over the world. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. However, there's not a single organization that I've ever found that will actually take families and individuals with disabilities to go serve others. Mm -hmm. Not one. So SOAR is going to be that first organization. And we are working in Belize, where we're helping create a special needs family camp. And we're working in Kenya, Africa, where we're helping them create respite programs and a church training program to train every church in Kenya on how to welcome families with disabilities. And then we're creating programming in the Middle East as well. And we're going to see in the next 18 months how we can start taking missions trips and going there, taking mm. families with disabilities to go serve. My key word in life, and you've heard me share a lot, and, and I've left out a whole lot more. I've had nothing now but 15 years of trial after trial. And I could have sat here and said, oh, what was me? God, I'm pissed at you. I'm mad. Mm -hmm. You know, you've I've lost my health multiple times. I've lost two major careers. I've lost my son. You know, lack of better words, it sucks. Mm -hmm. um, and I could take the perspective, focusing on myself, how bad this is, and woe is me. This really stinks. Instead, God's made helped me change my perspective to see how He's prepared me 
for everything. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, as the executive director and founder of SOAR, I can truly look back over the last 15 years, everything I've gone through has prepared me for such a day as this. Mm -hmm. um, I've applied everything or I'm able to use all my medical training because we're taking care of medically fragile kids that no one else will touch. I'm able to come alongside families who are dealing with grief after losing a child. Um, and that's all because of what God's put me through and allowed me to do. And so I've taken the perspective that, you know, there's so much positivity that can happen. But as a parent of a child with disability, it's normal. And I've been there. Holy cow. Today is just a horrible day. Oh my gosh. Can you believe I had to wait 45 minutes for the doctor's meeting? Oh my gosh. We have another meltdown today. And families will talk to me all the time. And I do a lot of counseling where I'll say, you know, I'd do anything for one more bad day with my son. Yeah. Wow. You know, that changes perspective all of a sudden where you're like, oh, well, yeah, we did have some other good things. It wasn't just that. So now let's look at families around the world that have disabilities. If you've got a, a child with a disability in a foreign country, it's considered disgraceful, it's mm -hmm. considered shameful, or even sinful. And these parents try to hide their kids. They, they don't want anyone to know they even have them. If they go to work, they'll tie their child to a tree or chain them to a tree for eight to 12 hours a day. No food, no water, urine and defecate on themselves. Or they dig a hole six feet deep in the ground and put wood planks over it and throw them in there. Again, no food or water. Um, that's everyday life for these kids. They don't get medical care. Um, there's a, a child in Belize that uh, I believe just recently passed away who had such bad scoliosis at the age of 12, was curved into a C that crushed their internal organs. And it's because it never got medical treatment. Well, if we take families here to go down there, their perspective will change because they'll see how much they had to be thankful for mm -hmm. here. But at the same time, families there will see what can happen when you actually pour into an mm -hmm. individual and child with a disability and how they truly are fearfully and wonderfully made. And what happens, both of those lives and all those kids, their lives are transformed. And that's what SOAR is all about now. So, you know, that's a real long story for me. And we've got a whole long laundry list of things we want to do in the future. We're hoping to end up going nationally and globally with everything we're doing. We're creating uh, vocational programs. We're going to be looking at creating housing um, and many, many more things. But God's opened my eyes with my past um, to be able to do this. And SOAR now is just a huge blessing for us. It truly is the legacy of my son. If you look ever look at our logo, you'll see that main colors are green and purple. The green, that was Mark's favorite color. So that's truly his legacy living on. The purple, that's the color for epilepsy and Dravet syndrome, both of which Mark had. So green and purple, that is Mark living on through SOAR. And we are touching thousands of individuals, touching thousands of families now, um, all because a little ornery redheaded boy broke my heart for families with disabilities and completely opened my eyes to a world that I didn't know existed. And I'm bound and determined to make a difference and make everybody's world better. And many parents feel like they don't have a voice. Doc Hunsley is going to be your voice. I'm standing <laughs> up. I will be the bull in the China you know, closet and, yeah. and 
stand up and speak for these kids who don't have the voice and families who are beaten down because we need to, and we need to lock arms together. And, and that's what SOAR is about. We want to help our families truly transform their lives and truly soar um, yeah. like no other. Yeah. So that's, that's the long story of me and what I'm all come from. Well, I, I love it. I love it. I've heard your story before. And I knew if I just had you tell your story, you were going to touch on everything that I wanted to touch on and what our listeners would need to hear and all of the irons that you have in the fire. How can we stay on top of it and just be involved with everything? We're going to have all the links in the show notes, but I would love for you just to kind of let everybody know how we can join you, how we can support you. Absolutely. There, there are a lot of different ways that, that you can come come on board. And, and first, I, I want to say, parents, you know, anyone out there who's, who's listening, if you've got an idea of something that you'd like to see done or wish was happening, con- please contact mm-hmm. us and let us know. I am all about trying to think outside the box. Um, you know, one, I didn't even mention this, but one of the things we're trying right now, because I keep hearing from families all the time of adults with higher functioning disabilities, like high functioning autism things that while they're out in the community, they may have jobs, they have no community because no one's really making friends with them. And they're now really dealing with depression. So SOAR now, I, I took that and said, well, what can we do? Well, it's pretty easy. We can create SOAR social clubs where two to three hours, maybe once a week, maybe every other week or month, we'll get together for two to three hours with these individuals, get dinner, play games, and just give them an opportunity to meet with others. Well, that's because I heard from parents. So if there, first, anyone out there, if there's something that's really heavy on your heart that's concerning, let us know. We want to see how we can maybe help solve that or help others solve that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can go to our website to learn more about us, soarspecialneeds.org. And again, soar is S-O-A-R, soar like an eagle, um, soarspecialneeds.org. Um, if you want to keep up to date on everything that we do, encourage you to join our email list. Um, and you can do that. You can do that either on the website or just email us at info at soarspecialneeds.org. Again, info at soarspecialneeds.org. We'd love to put you on the list. That way you'd know uh, whenever things are coming up. Everybody is welcome to come to our Wonderfully Made conference. We're going to have hotels available for that, all kinds of things. Um, Our virtual respites, even if you're not in the greater Kansas City area, that's something you can join in anywhere. If you want to have your church help, you know, get help and have us come alongside them, again, contact us there that's the place to do it. Or you can just go to the website and there's actually a place on the website where you can uh, click for a free consult for your church. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, you know what? I love what SOAR is doing. I want to lock arms and partner with them financially. You can do that too. Just go to soarspecialneeds.org forward slash donate. Uh, we're always looking for uh, ministry partners who want to one, pray for us. We covet that. And then, you know, it, we, we rarely charge for anything we do. Um, the only two things we charge for is our camp and our conference. Um, and it's pretty much just to break even. We, we are highly dependent on, on donors for everything else. Um, but we're always looking for volunteers as well. 
like I said earlier, I've only got one requirement and that is, can you be a friend? And we'll <laughs> teach you everything else. Uh, you know, if you're interested in becoming part of our missions trips, um, love to talk to you um, about that or anything else. We also have internships this summer, uh, a 10 week internship. Maybe you have a, you know, a high school junior or senior, or maybe college students who are looking to go into a career dealing with special needs somehow. How better to come and do a 10 week internship where they will have hands on experience mm -hmm. working with this. And I promise you it'll look amazing on resumes. Again, contact us there for that. That is a paid internship. And if you're from out of town, we do have a couple housing uh, availability uh, there where that would be free for them. Uh, so we do have some options there. So we'd love to talk to you with you about that. And like I said, if anyone has any other ideas, we're an open book. We'd love to talk through it. Um, and, you know, we dream. We dream big and we've got a big God. We, we believe there's a lot more work that has to happen. Uh, and we're just going to take it a day at a time. Maybe, maybe you're sitting there saying, hey, I'd love to, you know, I've got an idea for a, a talk at the Wonderfully Made Conference. We need speakers. We're getting ready to put out a call for speakers. Put together a proposal to be a speaker. Um, you know, we'll, we'll look at that. That's a, a definite possibility. You know, Sarah uh, went from being an attendee to being a speaker <laughs> um, and has done a great job with that. Like I said, her her son even became part of our mm -hmm. keynote last year, which which I was honored to have him be a part with us with that. So um, the sky's the limit. The yeah. big thing I want anyone to know is never give up hope. Yeah, always keep hope, and don't ever think you can't do something. Um, you know, if there's something you want to do or something you're trying to figure out how to get done, keep focused on that. And, you know, if you don't know how to do it, it's okay. Just keep asking until you find someone that knows how to do it. Contact us. And we may not know how to do it, but we might know someone who can help, or maybe we can help and do it. Um, but don't keep it in. You know, some of the best ideas that we've got have come from other people. Um, and all the ideas I've had they're not my ideas. I give them all to God. He's given them to me because I'm not smart enough to come up with the ideas of what we're doing. So I just, you know, we want to be an encouragement to everyone. One of the other fun things we're in the process of creating is a parent mentoring program. And so maybe you're a parent out there and that might be something that resonates with you. We need people to help us. We're in the design stage of that. We need people who can help be part of our team in designing that program and uh, create the training for that program, where we'll take parents who have older kids with disabilities who can now come alongside newly diagnosed parents and walk them through that journey mm -hmm. of life. Just how I know I would have loved to have had someone yeah. walk alongside me early in our early stages. Um, and, you know, even just tell me, oh, you know what? Yeah, you're going to need to apply for the waiver. But you're not going to get it. it it's going to, there, there's a 13 year wait that I would have been a whole lot better off knowing that ahead of time, instead of learning that two years after I applied and nothing's happened yeah. because there's, as we all know, poor communication with government agencies. Um, but you know, it's just things like that. So yeah, all kinds of things that you can help us out with, you do not have to be 
in the greater Kansas City area to make an impact. Uh, you can be anywhere. And all you have to do is allow yourself the freedom to transform the life of someone else. And it requires you to give up a little bit of yourself in order to transform someone's life. Yeah. And you're, you'll be amazed the kind of blessing that'll come back from that. Yeah. I think too often as special needs parents, we, we are so busy and so overwhelmed um, and we focus so much on advocating for our children and showing others and even showing our children that they can do anything. They, they, they're, they're their only limit. Um, sometimes where it comes to thinking outside the box, sure, it'll look different than it will for other people. But I tell my son, it might not look like your peers, but you can do something extremely special. But we often don't feel that we can do it because um, our whole world revolves around our children and we're called to actually help others as well, not just our children. And so I think that you bring that um, capability to parents. I know um, I Elizabeth, who is uh, heading up the parent mentoring program, um, she's phenomenal to work with. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed working with her on that. And there's there's just a level of community that you bring on multiple levels, that SOAR brings on multiple levels that we are very appreciative. And just, I, I can't thank you enough for being here and for sharing all this with, with us. And again, everything that Doc has talked about, all of the links, we are going to have multiple links and in the show notes. And if there is something that you have a question and you just can't find it, make sure to, to email us at takeheartspecialmoms at gmail.com and we will put you in touch with them. They are highly, um, they're readily available. This is not just um, words that are spoken. This is uh, they definitely have love and action. Um, I think whenever I think of SOAR, I just think it's love and action. And I really appreciate that. So thank you for being here with us again, Doc. And we, we are just very honored to have you here. And we just, we pray for everything that your ministry is doing. We pray specifically over you guys as well. Well, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure and honor to be here with you. And again, I'll, I'll just throw a shout out to all the moms. I, I want to um, in, encourage all of you. Um, I know being a mom is hard mm -hmm. just to begin with, but then being a mom of a child with special needs or disability raises that mm -hmm. 10, 20 fold. Um, so it's hard and you don't get the credit a lot of times and, and um, it's just very difficult. And so I want to sit here and say, you know, you're doing a great job, you know, keep up the fight, keep being the advocate for your, mm -hmm. your child, no matter how old they are, you will always be their advocate, but don't give up on finding help for yourself. The most important thing that you can do for your child is taking care of yourself and finding the help that you need. And, and hopefully SOAR might be one of the things that we can do for that. So just see how you can help yourself out with everything. And as, as we say for everybody, we hope y'all come <laughs> soar with us. Thanks, Doc. You bet. Have a great day. You too.
Thanks for joining us this week on Take Heart. Our prayer each week is for your heart to be encouraged. We are grateful you are walking on this journey with us. If you have any questions or comments, follow the links in our show notes. We love hearing from our listeners. And again, we are taking next month, August off. Please join us on Tuesday, September 6th for our first episode of season three.